Hi, everybody. Welcome back to Five Songs or Less. We're doing things a little different this time. We are going to be chatting about one of uh, Cody and my favorite bands, the Blood Brothers. Uh, Specifically, sort of, specifically their album March on Electric Children because it was just the 20th anniversary of that album last month. Flew by me. Where were the articles? That's what I want to know. Yeah, good question. I, uh, it did not come up in my feed anywhere. Yeah. (laughs) I'm sure next year when, uh, Burn Piano Island turns, uh, 20, that'll probably get some articles. Yeah. Do you think that's their, I mean, I know we'll get into this a little more. Do you think that's their big album? You think that's the cultural touchstone? I I think that's, I think that's the touchstone. That's the one that they really blew up. Yeah, I mean, that's uh, that's it, obviously was more of a major label, sort of, and had a major producer yeah. and, and stuff. But I didn't know if yeah that album brought new listeners or if it was just, you know, all the people who had gotten into them before. But yeah, anyways, nah, we're not talking about I that think, album. I think that was the one. Yeah, we'll save that for next year. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I would. I mean, that's one thing. As I was listening to them, I listened to March on Electric Children many times, but then I went back and I listened to all their albums up through Crimes because I ran out of time. But just to kind of remember the context of this mm-hmm. particular album, and they're all yeah. great. And I would would have loved to talk about uh, This Adultery is Ripe and uh, Burn Piano Island Burn. Really, all, yeah. all of their stuff is uh worth talking about i agree it might be fun to revisit their final album Mm -hmm. Uh, i i pretty much like jump ship around that time and i bought it yeah and have since sold it but uh uh, i'm a loser i know (laughs) um (laughs) but i i don't know i I got tired. We're getting right into the shit talk. I got a little tired of of uh, Johnny Whitney's voice. Yeah, I mean, I I am not gonna join in the shit talk because <laughs> revisiting this. I mean, yeah. First, I'll say I also kind of I wouldn't say jump ship, but I did not listen to Young Machetes as much. I know we saw them on that tour and they were cool. And yeah, I remember, yeah, not liking the album as much, but yeah, I definitely, it would be interesting to revisit it now. Like what? F- f- uh, how many years later? Uh, well, we saw them in 06 like on that tour. 16, so. 16 years later. I'm like, Ma- God, this is, me. it is insane. <laughs> this, this has made me feel I mean, I know we say it all the time, but it's made me feel very old. Yeah, I know the last like year or two as albums are finally turning 20, like these albums that were huge to me growing up. And also like <clears throat> uh, when I was at the beginning of the pandemic, when I was scanning all my photos and realizing like this shit was 20 years ago, like it's insane. Yeah. It's really fucking crazy. I remember in what, 2004 was it? I don't remember what year, but like the the 10 year anniversary of the Blue album. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Came out and I that like blew my mind and I was like, man, I'm getting yeah. old. And now we're like nearing the, <laughs> the 
the what 30 year i mean 25 30 probably yeah jesus it's that's just wild to me um we're it's wild we we like classic rock now yeah we do (laughs) we do like Um, classic rock like the blood brothers yeah (laughs) yeah i mean i know that's probably kind of hack to to be like yeah old-timey bands like yeah, but it's it is just. I'm gonna something. play him for my dad and see what he thinks. <laughs> well, shit, we got we got right into it, which which I guess is fine. I mean, we're starting a little late, I guess. Yeah, I didn't know if you wanted to if there was any banter to go no, on ahead no, of time, no. or. I didn't really think of anything. Okay. Yeah. No. That's uh, cool. I I I took notes on this this afternoon, as you know. Yeah, I fin- so, finished up about twenty minutes ago. So. Yeah. <laughs> I, I I realized the other day that I had one episode that I recorded with Nate, which came out today. Go listen to that. The Saddest Landscape uh, episode came out today. And I don't have any other episodes recorded. And so nothing <laughs> to go out. And I was like, uh, uh, Harjit, are you ready for Chamberlain? No, I'm not ready yet. Uh, Cody, do you have a playlist for me? No, no. Okay. Do you want to just talk about Blood Brothers? Okay, cool. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, which I was so that's tight. Yeah, happy to do. And then Nate keeps postponing on me. We're supposed to talk about Taking Back Sunday, another album that's turning twenty. Their their debut record. Yeah, which Cody doesn't fucking care about. <laughs> <laughs> well, do you want to get into it a little bit? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I just uh, speaking of of uh, Taking Back Sunday. Well, no, it's just like it's a good. Uh, Oh, oh shit! Segway. It is a good transition. The I, I went looking shit. looking through the shows that we've been to, which I'm pretty positive that this we saw this band together more than any other band, right? As far as like, t- uh, yeah, touring band. Yeah, but as far as touring band, yes, um, I'm pretty sure. I was looking at your concert archives, and you've seen them nine times, and I think only one of those was without me, maybe. Yeah, the, the ho- Roxy Theater yeah. in Hollywood was without me. But yeah, every other time we were... Because, you, yeah, you were at the boardwalk uh, with Dance Disaster Movement. Yeah, that's another one I couldn't remember because there's those two shows together two days in a row. Yeah. I, I don't remember if I went to... It, se- it seems impossible that I did not go to both. I was definitely at the one in San Francisco, so I don't know why yeah. I, I would have skipped the orange, the, the boardwalk I'm show. I'm pretty sure you were. Yeah. That's the one where I've got like the best photos of them. Yeah. I do not remember the other bands playing, so part of me feels like we got there late or something. Yeah, um, that could be because I do. Kn- I remember very, very well the next day seeing Dance Disaster Movement and these Arbiter Snakes for the mm-hmm. first time and being blown away by both of those bands. Yeah. But like the the Boardwalk show, I remember Blood Brothers, but I don't remember any other bands playing. So I wouldn't be surprised if we like just shoved our way to the front like a couple of assholes. <laughs> yeah, that's possible. <laughs> that's possible. I'm sure we were the only assholes there, too. No, the only ones. Yep. <laughs> um, yeah, the first the first time we saw them was with I had I could not remember at all that Taking Back Sunday was was played that show too. I remember the used yeah, played. I made you watch a little bit of it. Yeah, I I remember the used playing, and I'm pretty sure we l- probably left before they started or shortly after. Yeah, we did. Um, but I I remember I was yeah at, like I was already 
like the jerk that was like, oh, no, I don't need to buy tickets for this show. I'll just show up and at the door. <laughs> and I had no idea who the used were. I still kind of don't. But I later found out that the singer was dating Kelly Osborne, and so was on the Osborne's reality show. Um, oh, I don't, I don't think I knew that. Yeah, that's like one of the reasons they were. I assume one of the reasons they were like huge um, uh-huh. and had sold out the boardwalk and I couldn't get tickets. And I was, I was bummed when I, when I heard that it had sold out and I did that thing that I can't imagine doing now where I just emailed the band <laughs> and was like, Hey, I really wanted to see you guys, but it's sold out. Um, and I also wanted to buy some merch. Do you think I could just come to the show and you can sell me some merch? And, and they were like, yeah, sure. And also we've got room on the list, so we'll just just put you on if if you want. So that was Co- yeah. Cody, who I had talked to. And yeah. yeah, I couldn't believe how nice he was. And they came out and like introduced himself and put us on the list. And it was yeah. it was tight. And I it felt like we were the only people there to see them, which I now I don't think was is true. But it, it felt real special at the time. It it really, really did. It felt kind of amazing because I had. I I don't know how you found them, but I know you introduced me to them, and it was right before Burn Piano Island came out, or maybe it was right after. I don't know, but no, it was. But it yeah, was a it, bit before because that came out in '03, right? At uh, some point. I think Burn Piano came out, yeah, in '03, and this was January 16th of 2003 that we're we're talking about. Okay, um, I wonder what and it. it it felt so cool though, just being like, you know, young and like talking to this band and getting on the, on the list and all this stuff. And I, I remember like the day after or, or something like that, it was on like, what did we do back then? Like message board <laughs> or something like that, uh-huh. uh, where one of the members posted, uh, like, please don't be afraid to come up to talk to us. We're just people. And, like that kind of thing. And I was like, oh, that's that's because we <laughs> talked to them and, and got got into the show for free and yeah. bought some merch. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I had discovered them. I mean, I don't I saying discovered is sounds so dumb now because it's like I was the yeah. first person to ever listen to them, which is definitely <laughs> not true since they've yeah. been around since like 97. So they had already been around yeah. for like five years by the time I <laughs> planted my flag on them and was the first person to, they'd, to listen to them. They'd been to Sacramento twice before that. Yeah, man, that's just, yeah, that's upsetting that I missed it and that, yeah, but I, I don't really remember what drew me to their website, but I'm pretty sure I just first heard them, Back in the day when you could go to a band's website and they would have mm-hmm. like a few MP3s up to to listen to. And yeah. I remember the first song I heard was Red Blooded American Girls from one of their early seven inches, I think. Um, it's on that mm-hmm. collection that that came out that collected all that stuff. Yeah. And yeah. At the time, of course, I was really into the kind of like rock and roll revival sort of stuff. I, I don't know. I don't think I called it yeah. that at the time, but like was super into like murder city devils and catheters and, and stuff mm-hmm. like that. And, uh, I, that, that kind of 
twangy guitar lead and then the vocals were like super sassy sounding and like yeah, yeah. man i just like loved it right away and and it like didn't quite sound like anything i'd heard before but mm-hmm. i could also tell there's like hardcore involved and yeah it kind of like blew my mind a little bit of course now i know there's like so many other bands that were like that before them or at the same time as them all the like san diego yeah. like swing kids kind of stuff but i had never he- heard any of that yeah that's cool i didn't know that yeah it, it sort of makes sense with like your your love of murder city and and catheters and bands like that yeah and then i mean i think jennifer i heard it around the same time i think they probably had that on their website as, as well i think there was a couple others but i can't now my memory going through all the songs i can't pick out which ones i had heard first but definitely red blood and american girls and jennifer and of course jennifer is like i don't know is it the best blood brother song is it the most mem- it might memorable be. i was i was trying to think of that today um yeah it's it was the one it's pretty that, killer that made me really like them mm-hmm. and the one like the when i was really into like getting into music when i see a band live and like singing along and stuff that was the one i would always lose my shit to yeah because uh, it was so much fun <laughs> yeah i mean this band was like all the times we saw them i think this is the band that we or at least i like screamed the most at like yeah at all their shows and like I, my voice was just always shredded the next day yeah. and um i'm glad it all probably blended together with all the other bros sc- screaming because it probably <laughs> sounded terrible but man it yeah, was just like yeah. you felt that i don't know it was definitely the kind of i don't know communal feeling of everybody just like screaming along yeah. to these songs and it was an intense <laughs> experience that i don't think i'd i'd had since then yeah and it's so different than like your typical hardcore band too because it's so like sassy and the guitars are like messy and kind of clean uh and there's no like straight up breakdowns or anything like that I don't know. It's just so different. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of what I want. I was thinking we would start with was just like, I feel like this band has, you know, gotten a bit of a, I don't want to say bad rap, but like, I think we're the only two people that we know that like really like them. And I think that all my, all like a lot of people clump them in with what came a little bit later with the like, haircuts and the tight pants and like that (laughs) kind of stuff. And I totally see why. Um, but to me, like it was just like so arty and like wild sounding and chaotic. Mm -hmm. And I, like I said, I know there were other bands like that, but it was the first band like that, that I had heard and just like clicked with me immediately. I liked how they were. It really felt like they were pushing back against like, masculinity and and yeah just that kind of like hardcore culture of like you know having your brother's back and uh <laughs> like that kind of stuff um yeah yeah you know they didn't look like most hardcore bands that i had seen before uh-huh. you know they're a bunch of like little 
arty looking guys and and like not just a bunch of like white guys that all look the same yeah yeah they do get a kind of a lot of shit uh i think because of the like sass uh right but i think that's it like if if the vocals were different i think people would like would a lot more people would have liked them yeah uh, but yeah like i don't i can't think of any of my other friends like direct friends that i like grew up with and stuff that that like them right um yeah everyone and, that i grew up with like if i ever showed them this band they were just like i mean first of all it was dumb because they're not into that kind of music anyways but this is yeah, like yeah sort of the most extreme end of that kind of music at the time and like you yeah. said like johnny whitney's voice like i liked it and i i looking back now i still really like it and i think it's super cool I do but, too. but i can totally see how that would just take you off off guard and and it's like yeah. kind of hard to wrap your like head around when you're like i don't know some people can't even like listen to like regular hardcore with just a dude screaming and then somebody comes yeah. in and is like screaming really you know high and in a like dramatic you know i don't know it's snotty sassy kind yeah. of, of fashion um definitely hard to get into if you're not looking for that kind of thing <laughs> yeah totally like i've, I've talked to because there was that tour that we saw uh with coheed and me without you mm -hmm. and dredge uh, and a couple people that I worked at Dimple with, Dante, and then this guy Evan went, and they fucking hated <laughs> the Blood Brothers so much. And Evan would always like talk shit when yeah. I would wear like Blood, Blood Brothers t-shirts and stuff. Uh, honestly, uh, and, and, and I've never met Dante. He sounds cool on the podcast, so I, I don't know if this applies to him. But I feel like it's a pretty good judge of character. If you if, yeah, if somebody likes yeah. hardcore and they listen to the Blood Brothers and they're like. Oh, I don't like them because I don't like his voice. It comes yeah. like it well, comes off pretty. I don't know. It comes off pretty bad now, in my opinion. <laughs> like, I in, don't know. In Dante's defense, he he's not a hardcore guy. Yet, yeah. So. Yeah. <laughs> he didn't. He didn't even like uh, ninety pound Wuss. So. Ah. But yeah, that, I I just um, fucking fell in love with this band for like uh, I don't know three or four years or something like that. Mm -hmm. And we just saw we saw them so many times. I I found the info today about that other Slim show. Mm -hmm. At least I'm pretty sure it's that one. The only thing I remember about that show is a fucking akimbo because they're amazing. Yeah, what happened to them? I wonder. Um, uh, there's a band called Sand Rider. Okay. Uh, and it's kind of a similar like riffy kind of thing. Cool. I don't think it's the singer though. Gotcha. The singer Sorry. was was kind of the selling point on that, yeah. but all, all I remember that show of the Blood Brothers playing is being standing right in front of Johnny the whole time, <laughs> and him just being like his stomach just on my forehead the entire time. <laughs> <laughs> so I every other time I never stood in front of Johnny <laughs> because he was like right on the the crowd every time. Yeah, uh, 
I, I remember so him always just being... Just a sweaty forehead. Yeah. The whole time <laughs> from his belly. Was that the show at Slim's with the guy that kept kept yelling uh, under pressure? Or was that the... Yeah, that was the only time we saw him at Slim's. It had to be the one. Oh, I don't remember that. Is that that same guy that we saw at other shows? Yeah. That would yell shit out to he, like Seattle yeah, bands? He was like always drunk and I remember yeah. he was in a band called End on Nine. Like he was trying to talk to us about his band. Oh, really? And, and then we like we're like, okay, cool. And then after we had talked to him, we we're like, their band's named after a fucking gutter mouth song. Like <laughs> it can't be that good. <laughs> no, no. But yeah, he was just the whole show yelling under pressure because they did that. Yeah, um, yeah Queen yeah. cover on the queen tribute album. And it's, it is like yeah. fucking sick. And I would have like, like really to, to see them do it too, but I can see why they, they wouldn't. What was, uh, of the times we saw them, what was your favorite? I or think maybe like a top. Yeah, top no, one? I mean, just looking at the list, it was definitely the show in Santa Cruz. Uh, yeah. In 2004, October, 2004. It was like right before Crimes came out. And I remember it felt yeah. awesome because they had the record for sale like a couple weeks yeah. before it actually came out. We were able to get it. And it felt, you know, it was like at a teen center and it felt mm-hmm. super like underground and DIY. Like before that, we had only seen them at like the boardwalk and Slims and bottom of the hill and stuff. And all those places are cool. Mm-hmm. But like, I feel like the proper place to see the blood brothers was, is a teen center. Yeah. Yeah. That show was so fucking great. Yeah. I don't know. Part of me feels like that was kind of a gut decision to go to that show. Cause it was not one that like we bought tickets for way mm-hmm. in advance and all that kind of thing. It was just like, Hey, blood brothers are playing Santa Cruz. You want to go? Mm-hmm. Uh, and we did. And do you remember, maybe I'm wrong about this, but do you remember uh, also wanting to go see that same night in Santa Cruz, uh, the director's cut of Donnie Darko? <laughs> yeah, that sort of sounds familiar. Does I that, I, in my memory, it's it's these two things happening on the same night and we chose Blood Brothers, which was the right decision. Oh, God. 100%. If we would have made the other decision, I would that would be awful. Yeah, we would have just driven into the fucking ocean. <laughs> <laughs> like, that shit sucks. Remember that time we watched Donnie Darko for the 13th time in Santa Cruz? <laughs> <laughs> but the shitty version? But the bad version? Yeah. I remember the very first time watching Donnie Darko at your parents' house with you and we were in I don't know if it's the living room, um, but your sister was asleep like in the room on the other side of the wall or something like that. Oh, yeah. And we were watching it with like basically the volume off the whole time. <laughs> That's I still really liked it, though. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's a quiet, quiet movie. Uh, yeah, yeah. You know, it, that kind of fits in with the Blood Brothers because I feel like it's another thing that kind of gets a bad rap. And I understand why. Sure. But sure. I've I've watched it recently and it, it's it's better than people give it give it credit for uh, the original just, cut, not the director's yeah, cut. Yeah, I'm just glad there's no director's cuts of uh, <laughs> <laughs> of Blood Brothers albums. Blood Brothers, or maybe the the director's cut of Blood Brothers is uh, 
Jaguar Love or Neon uh, Blonde. Maybe, maybe. <laughs> um, and, uh, oh, what was, uh, we saw the uh, Past Lives. They were actually pretty good. Yeah, Past Lives were sick. I think all those bands yeah. are good. Ja- Jaguar Love is obviously, like, very different. And yeah, um, I kind of, like, took me a while to get what, what they were going for but i think it's pretty cool i should revisit some of that stuff it's crazy yeah it's it's wild now that like we can start being <laughs> nostalgic for like the 2010 yeah yeah um fucking a yeah anyways i was looking at my notes <laughs> the only other thing i i had was like learning they were from seattle automatically made them cool because like Murder City was from there and yeah. catheters was from, you know, Pacific Northwest somewhere. And yeah, of, like, it's funny because I, I didn't think there was any connection between Murder City and Blood Brothers, but then like, mm-hmm. it's been there, of there is. kind of like the whole time. Um, yeah. Like I noticed in the, the um, album, the liner notes, they think like Derek F and they also, mm-hmm. Quick side note, they also think Jeff S from uh oh. from uh shoot what's it called? It was like a it was a venue. Wuss. No, 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 I know. I know what bands he's Not, from, but for, uh, oh. the, the the liner notes say Jeff Jeff S from the Paradox. And so I was like, I wonder if that's Jeff Suffering. So like I did some deep deep Googling and deep. The, <laughs> the Paradox was a venue and this is pretty cool there's like a very it's now it's very controversial church in seattle called mars oh. hill and but they did this yeah. really cool thing where they they found a loophole in the like dance concert gathering law where if a nonprofit uh-huh. was like operating a venue or a church was operating a venue they didn't have to like have as many rules in place. Like they didn't have to shut down at a certain time and, and the capacity could be different and the volume could be different and all that stuff. So like this church basically signed off on this venue and I'm, I'm assuming Jeff suffering did the booking and just booked regular ass shows there like the the broad brothers and, and stuff. So, uh, that was cool. That was interesting thing to learn. I wonder if that's what like uh, the underground did. I don't know if that was just a Seattle law thing or whatever, but I mean, they had some good shows there. The yeah, underground. probably. Probably. I mean, there's been a couple things like that in Sacramento, I feel like, but mm-hmm. well, I don't know. I've never obviously never went to the paradox, but it seemed a little even more like open and welcoming to all kinds. I remember yeah. going to shows at the underground and it was like still a little churchy. Yeah, like the, yeah, there was like no, weird. There was like no, you know, no cussing signs. And yeah, like, yeah. And I remember uh, we saw the number twelve. Well, I don't know if I can't remember if you were there. Yeah, were you there when that's the one time 12? I had. Well, I've been there yeah. twice. I think. Yeah, number twelve looks like you, uh, which is one of yeah, those bands like, that are like inspired by this band. Yeah, and yeah. and don't age as well, in my opinion. No, they don't. <laughs> <laughs> But they were like saying, they told us we can't swear here, but this song uh, has ass in the title. But that's not a swear word. Jeez. 
Yeah, I don't know what's what is more lame, like a church venue telling you you can't swear or like being that band and getting yeah. up and, and being like, I'm going to say yeah. ass. <laughs> the best thing of, uh, I ever saw at that venue uh, or heard someone say at that venue was was when Ed Gein played and they were like uh, to all the people moshing, they're like, knock off all this ninja shit. What are you doing? <laughs> I remember that. That was the same show, wasn't it? It might have been. It I don't know. Maybe I've been there, there three like, times because I remember that. I remember Ed Gein and I remember seeing uh, maybe Demos. Demos played there. Their their comeback show after a long hiatus. That's you right. Know? Yeah. 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 I, only went, I went there. Kane Hodder played there one time. Yeah. I think um, some of these shows were the same show. Possibly. I think possibly. maybe number 12 and Kane Hodder was the same show. Uh, and can't or not Kane Hodder. Um, Ed Gein was cool because they had uh, Total Recall, like Quato lives on there. Oh right, amps. yeah. Remember Damn. that? That, that was, was cool. <laughs> <laughs> do you want to? Do you want to start talking about our our top fives? Yeah, I mean, I had a couple things just about the album oh, in, in general. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, do it. Hit me with I it. mean, this is all has to do with all the songs, too. But looking looking at the album itself, and I know this adultery is right, had a lot of this, too. But it's funny how kind of ahead of the curve they were with their art and stuff, how everything has like CRT, like TV filter on it. And mm-hmm. like, I don't know, now I always see, you know, there's like Instagram filters to make it look like that. <laughs> and like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just the is like the punk collage aesthetic, but also very like uh-huh. glossy and like, I don't know, digital looking, but in a, yeah. in a cool way. And I feel like I don't, this is probably a bold statement, but I feel like they kind of like were predicting memes back then. Like if you look through that, that <laughs> book, like just uh-huh. some of the images they use, it's just, you can, I don't know. I can just see it now being uh something that you would, see on reddit or whatever with some <laughs> dumb uh i don't know but yeah i thought the 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 art was really cool and last yeah. last episode i kind of mentioned i joked how like it's funny how many like things i heard from bands that like have made a big difference in my life or whatever even though it's just like a passing lyric or whatever and Blood uh-huh. Brothers are like one of those bands where like maybe not at the time, but definitely just like all the imagery was so like Lovecraftian and like, uh-huh. you know, some of it sounds like something out of like Call of Cthulhu, which I later really got into. And I mean, everybody like it, that, that aesthetic just like blew up. Like, I feel yeah. like, yeah, like going back to influencing you know, a lot of bands, this album in particular feels like it's like commentary on like misogyny and like the constant threat that females and especially like young people are under. And Mm -hmm. I don't know. It feels like it was sort of like bastardized and misconstrued by a thousand bands after this, where they were just like writing lyrics that just straight up seemed like, they loved violence towards women or whatever. Yeah. And, yeah, yeah. And I feel yeah. like blood brothers were doing the opposite of that, but 
I don't know. I guess people don't always understand that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's the, you know, Republican politicians or whatever that talk about loving rage against the machine, like obviously (laughs) missing the point. Right. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, But yeah, I mean, it was, it was definitely uh, very like anti-misogynistic and I, I feel like that's one of the things that I just really enjoyed about it mm-hmm. uh, was it wasn't broy because I've I've always had such a hard time with like broy hardcore yeah and this like felt heavy and it felt interesting and it just felt so different than so many so many other things that I listened to it's yeah. very I don't know kind of refreshing in a way yeah absolutely absolutely it was. I mean, everything is so veiled in, in metaphor and, and, yeah. and stuff that it's like hard to tell what it was really about. Like today I was trying to think of like, so what, like there's like reoccurring themes and re reoccurring characters and things. And I was like, yeah. and I would love to just like get a definitive answer. Like if I could interview one of them and be like, so what <laughs> is Mr. Electric Ocean? And like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, the octopus well, a Siamese gun. and a Siamese gun and all these things that that show up in, in so many songs, which is like one of the things I loved about them. I love that there's like a through line, not only. Yeah. Like this album definitely feels like a concept album, but there's through lines to their previous and and mm-hmm. the albums that came came after this, which I always yeah. thought was super cool. Yeah, they definitely put a lot of thought into the lyrics. I remember, I think you were talking to me about uh, chatting with them online or something like that and asking like what stuff they had been reading and talking about like this Russian literature and stuff that they were reading. That's where they were getting some of their influence. I don't remember everything. I know that there was like maybe a Joyce Carol Oates book that they reference specifically. Mm-hmm. And I know that I think his name is Ted Hughes, who I, if I'm not mistaken, has his own baggage and is maybe not a great dude, but he, Probably. I think, I think he's actually the guy that wrote iron giant, like the original book, but he was oh. also a poet. And when you read his poetry, it's, you definitely see like a lot uh-huh. of, of similarity blood brothers in there. Yeah. Uh huh. Interesting. Yeah. I I honestly never took the time to like try and figure out their lyrics. Like with Thursday and, and other bands that I got really, really into, I would like analyze lyrics. Uh, but with Blood Brothers, I would read them just so I could know what I was singing along with. But mm-hmm. I had just had no fucking clue. And I can you can kind of get some things here and there with context clues and stuff. Mm-hmm. But yeah, everything is just so like crazy and over the top. And yeah. It's kind of, kind of awesome. And yeah, kind of like it, maybe it's because it's over the top or maybe it's just because of the way they present things, but it does feel very like concept album. Like there's a story behind each record. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's funny cause now there's, you know, genius, which usually is like annotated with lyrics mm-hmm. and nobody has gone through the trouble of doing it maybe just cause it's like impossible to decipher, but there's yeah, like not yeah. a lot of notes on these things. And also, and and I think this just carries over from the album, the, the lyrics printed in the album, but like 
the lyrics are just so all over the place with uh-huh. how accurate they are. And I don't know if they transcribe yeah. like an earlier version of the song or, or if they did it on purpose, but there's some lines like in these lyrics that you find online and in the lyric book and you're just like, they've never say that like, or, yeah, yeah. or it maybe they do. And it's like, I know there's a lot of stuff like buried in the background, but um, it's really interesting. Just some of the differences. Uh, yeah. And a lot of it is just like a matter, which I can like totally identify with of just like slurring through <laughs> six words and to make it two syllables or whatever. Oh, sure. Yeah. (laughs) I, I definitely think that. And I think this happened on my band's first album where there's lyrics that I wrote. And when we, when I sent them off to, you know, the presses or whatever to have the, the tapes, the tapes made the, there was one word or like a sentence that when I sang it and recorded it, it was different. Uh, but, but it was, I had the paper with me, but what came out of my mouth was just a different yeah. version of that sentence, you know? Yeah. And I wouldn't be surprised if some of that kind of stuff happened too. Yeah. Where like these are the lyrics or, or the outline of the lyrics, but, uh, this is what's actually coming out. hundred, hundred percent. And they also do that really interesting thing on this album where, it has like stage directions and stuff like, yeah, which I'll get to later, but man, I just love that. That kind of stuff is so cool. Yeah. There's like, like scene one and scene two and like cut and stuff like that. Let me pull out the. Yeah. I mean, I'm going to talk about that song later. Spoiler alert. Oh, spoiler alert. (laughs) Uh, Exhibit a exhibit B like that kind of shit. Yeah. It's really cool. And then at the very end, it says the end, a short story and music by the blood brothers. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Which is pretty neat. I could, I could use a a new pressing of this, this record. I don't like that. It comes with this tiny little booklet. I like it because you can tell it's like they really said like, fuck you to the label where they're like, no, don't just print more CD booklets. (laughs) I want I want it to be a centimeter, a centimeter different on both sides. (laughs) So I kind of like it. But yeah, it would be great to have like a full, you know, 12 by 12 booklet or something. Yeah, their records are cool. Yeah, Uh, I just have black. Do you do you know what color yours is? Mine's black as well. Yeah. I, they were one of the bands that I, from, you know, it early in my record collecting career or whatever, that sounds so <laughs> dumb, my my collection of records where I would, I have a couple, multiple copies of, man, I cannot talk tonight. Uh, <laughs> I bought multiple copies of a, of a few of, of their albums on different colors oh, and you? stuff, which is like. Uh looking back like that's not really anything i would do now but at the time it was a lot more novel to be like oh this one's clear and i have this album in particular i have the black version but i also bought the picture disc uh which is hilarious i don't think i've ever listened to it because it probably sounds like shit anyways but i'm sure yeah um it just like i couldn't pass it up i think i bought it at one of their shows or something yeah yeah the only one I ever had for Blood Brothers that I've ever had two of was I had two copies of Crimes because like we're at a, I think it was like Record Store Day or like something at R5 and somebody was selling the like screen printed 
version of Crimes. Oh, yeah. And so I bought that. And so I had two copies for a while, but I ended up selling off my regular copy and just keeping the screen print. That's cool. That's cool. Um, yeah, they're one of the them in Murder City. Like I made sure I had every everything that came out like back before Discogs, like just like saving searches on mm-hmm. eBay. And I eventually got all their like seven inches and oh okay okay yeah yeah i need to get i have all the murder city records because i had that box set Mm -hmm. but then i have those are all still sealed and then i have other copies of the first three albums but i don't have the 12 inch version of thelema and i don't have the live record yeah Uh, i have the 10 inch version of of thelema and all of my i have the box set too and i also haven't open like broken the seal on the records inside yeah and all my other copies like i listened to on a fucking crosley or whatever like before i knew anything about turntables and and they're probably beat to shit but i kind of i don't know there's like stuff like that where it's like i list i it earned all of that damage like it's not like it yeah it uh just went unplayed and I didn't take care of it or something like I spun it a uh-huh. lot. So it yeah. feels okay that it's, they're not something I would ever sell anyways, just cause they're like, yeah, totally important records to me. Yeah. One of these days I, I w- would really like to own the live album cause that album is fucking great. Yeah. Uh, and it, it's got the two new, some newer songs on it. Yeah. That was like, anyway, the, we're not yeah. talking about them. Yeah. never mind. <laughs> <laughs> It's incredible looking at their run of albums where it's just like 2000, 2002, 2003, 2004, 2006. Yeah. And they're all pretty damn good. And they're all, there's like, you know, an evolution Mm -hmm. and also a through line. And also they all sound pretty different despite being pretty close together. Yeah. Yeah. Like they sound like distinct eras of a band, even though, you know, they were, it's all within the same like five year yeah. span pretty much. Even like This Adultery is Ripe and March on Electric Children, like I, f- I feel like they're pretty close style wise, but you can tell mm-hmm. the difference and you can hear that they've grown a little bit in that short period of time or whatever, the two years. Yeah, I totally, I totally agree. Listening to, you know, the other albums today like it's funny because march on electric children to me might be their least accessible album Mm -hmm. because it is like you know before that this adultery ripe is a little more straightforward yeah and more just like you know hardcore punk i mean it's definitely interesting and has weird stuff going on and then once burn piano island burn comes out there's a little bit more like pop sensibility which is like a weird thing to say but like you know i don't know it just seems a little more like accessible to people who are like listening to something that is to me very like experimental and weird Mm -hmm. and it's incredible that they like caught on as much as they did not that it's not deserved but yeah, I don't know. They just seem like such a a weird art band that are like have so many things working against them to <laughs> uh, appeal to like a mass audience. Like 
you know, they have a, a different voice and like the guitars are, can be chaotic and, mm-hmm. you know, the songs are very strange and I don't know. Yeah. I, I just think with bands, uh, kind of this, you know, those early screamo bands or whatever, um, you know, that kind of screamo getting popular and people getting more used to like, or getting used to and like enjoying the sound of, of bands that scream and stuff like that. I feel like it's, it's slowly kind of paved the way for them to, to find this sound and, and get popular for like the, the masses to kind of understand this type of music, which I mean, they never got totally huge in the way like other band like Kohi did or Thursday or thrice like those kind of, well, maybe on the same levels, but I don't know with them. It, I feel like because of their, their vocals, they couldn't totally break through. Yeah. I mean, I, well, you know, in preparing, I was like watching videos and I forgot that they were on Jimmy Kimmel live. Oh, really? Um, when I think it was when burn piano Island came out, maybe crimes or maybe somewhere in between there. And it's just like, you know, anytime a punk, I mean, not even a punk band, but anytime, like there's enough cases of like a hardcore or like screamo type band being on TV, like Thursday was on Conan and, um whatever it's just like it is so weird to see and the levels are always so weird Uh and it seems so like they're so constrained because they're used to kind of like leaning into the audience or whatever and you just can't can't do that when you're like hooked up to that kind of equipment and when there has to be like a big separation and you have to be like careful (laughs) yeah um like recent recently uh like turnstile was on, oh, I think, yeah. you know, Seth Myers or something recently. <laughs> and they actually like kind of figured it out. Like yeah. it, it worked out. Okay. But it's still, it's every video you watch of them is just like people doing backflips off the stage. Yeah. So it's like very weird to see them just like standing there. That's a band that, that baffles me, but I, I don't, <laughs> I, I don't, maybe it's cause I'm older or whatever, but like, I just, I get it and I don't get it. This album is better, oh, man. but like the last yeah. one, oh boy, oh boy, man, they are so sick. <laughs> <laughs> you were you were missing out. Yeah, they're like such a cool. I mean, I don't know. I, maybe I could. No, I don't think I could ever convince you. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's not for everybody, but yeah, just like they've got the groove and they've they are somehow have worked in like pop and psychedelia. Yeah. Like they're like a Beach Boys hardcore band, and that is amazing to me. A Beach Boys, sure, sure, sure. Anyway, Cody, since you were so kind to introduce me to Blood Brothers way, way back in 2003, or maybe late 2002, I don't know. I think it was 2002. Yeah. Would you like to play your first, or I can play it if you want, your number five, maybe? All right, in descending order, okay. right? Yeah, start with number five. So, so number five. <laughs> 
for me, this was hard, as you know. Yes. Uh, I, ha- I have for number five uh, American Vultures, the last track. Okay, okay. I do not have that. Yeah, I mean, can you just imagine like i don't know i'm thinking of a of a scenario where i'm like hey check out this hardcore band and then i'm like you listen to this song yeah i mean i don't know for sure if it's like in my top five favorite songs on this album because the whole album is pretty solid but it deserves recognition because it is you know pretty wild and a brave thing to do at the end of the album Mm -hmm. and it's something that i think is obvious that you know people are going to be turned off by if they're not plugged into what you're all about yeah yeah totally again i feel like it kind of like weeds out the the fairweather fans because it's <laughs> totally. basically like a cabaret song with yeah. just you know slamming down on a maybe in tune piano <laughs> and the the screaming vocals yeah it's great the lyrics are co- I mean, all the lyrics on this album are pretty cool. Yeah. It's a great album closer. It is a it is a interesting album closer. Uh I do remember them playing this at the pound when we saw them there. Yeah. And I think that's the only time I've, was very... I've seen them play that. I feel like I remember them playing it at them at the at the boardwalk as well, but I, I could be conflating the two yeah. to two shows, but and they played it on the, um, oh, what's that called? That electric piano that sounds so cool. Like a Wurlitzer? Um, no, no, no. It's like it's like the, I don't know. I don't want to sound like an idiot, <laughs> but I think it's like the, the Stevie Wonder piano that like a lot of oh, really oh, good musicians yeah. use. It's uh, like an Ro- early Rhodes? instant. Uh, Rhodes. Yeah, I think that's it. Yeah, maybe something like that. But yes, I know. I, I know what you're talking have... about. I did not pick this song. I kind of knew you were going to because we've we've <laughs> talked about it before, and I know you really like mm. it. It's kind of funny that it's it's almost a precursor to like Jaguar Love. Jaguar Love was just the two piece, right? So it's almost a precursor. Yeah, to that, that sounds right. Where it's just like keys. Yeah, and it's it's got it's. That that vocal style kind of like placed over. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think Jaguar Love was a little bit more of a sort of like. Think they were trying to do kind of like an R and B soul, mixed with hardcore thing, which mm-hmm. like you got to give them credit for. Yeah. Um, and this is yeah like a musical or or cabaret yeah. or, or something. Yeah. Um, very interesting. Yeah. Did you write down any timestamps for this song? Uh, the only timestamp I have, and I don't know if you're going to want to play it because it's basically silence, but from one, I love from one thirteen to one twenty, between the two verses, how it like fakes you out. And it's basically just the one, you know, piano uh, chord ringing out for like seven seconds. And you're like, is the song? Over? Oh, is that it? Okay. And then it comes back in. Yeah, I'm going to play it. I feel like that's something they do even in their regular songs. It's they'll not necessarily yeah, let it ring another... out, but like it'll it'll just be like the click the snare clicks or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just like one of yeah. Their, I know there's at methods. least 
at least one other song where it definitely sounds like the song is over mm-hmm. and then it mm. kind of just like starts over yeah, with a new total fake out a different verse yeah uh what's your number five my number five is March on Electric Children, off of March on Electric Children. Yeah, yeah, it's not on my list, Uh-oh. but it could have could have been for sure. This is one Sounds of those ones sick. where the the lyrics uh, on Apple Music and in the lyric booklet uh, don't match up. Uh, to, to yeah, that's all their songs, dude. Yeah, because <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to. It's funny, like how well because I haven't listened to this in a really long time. But it's funny how well I remembered a lot of the lyrics when I was listening to this Same. last couple of days. It's interesting listening to it now on like good headphones or whatever, because, you know, I before that, I, you know, it's been a really, really long time since I've listened to this album. And it was probably in a shitty car yeah, stereo yeah. most of CD. the time or or computer speakers yeah. or maybe an iPod with like a pretty low res MP3 file. Yeah. Um, and it's not like it's like this like audiophile recording or anything, but there's definitely some stuff that I didn't notice before. Some mm-hmm. like uh, left, right kind of stuff. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Actually, uh, making this playlist over the last couple of days, I only listened in the car and out of my my iPod or my iPod, my phone speakers. So I didn't get to experience Damn, the, dude. the magic. What a man. What a loser. Well, I won't tell my audio, my audiophile friends. <laughs> okay. Just uh, kidding. Audiophiles don't have friends. Ooh. And they definitely don't listen to this podcast. Uh, let's listen to some sass. Johnny Whitney sass. Yeah. I it's just so weird that this band like made it. <laughs> I know that's what I'm saying. That's it's why fucking great. It's <laughs> it's so weird and it's cool that it's because it's just like so juvenile and so sassy, but also like like I said, juveniles, but it's also like really well thought out and intelligent lyrics. Yeah. It's almost like listening to sometimes his voice is like listening to a kid being like, nah, 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 nah. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> just like straight up trying to get you to punch them or yeah. something. <laughs> but I, yeah, it's great. The guitar on that part. And then throughout this album and probably in other instances, I never thought about how it's got kind of a bit of a surf yeah. influence or, or groove to it. Like never thought of that. And it's so tight. Yeah. Because it's so like twangy and clean at times, mm-hmm. especially that part. And you know, what's something that occurred to me today. And I want to see if you agree. Do you think uh, that 
the guitar players in Idols were influenced by Cody's guitar playing. Yeah, I think so. Because I can totally they're they're of the same ilk in my mind. Yeah, or like are kind of doing the same thing. Because it's it's not like chord chord chord, and it's not like noodley, you know, twinkly noodley or anything like that. It's it's almost just like making your guitar make sounds rather than music. <laughs> you know, it's like so much of it yeah. is just like like shit like that. Yeah, I. I I know in a past podcast you've mentioned this and, and maybe we're using the word differently, but, and it's the mysterious descriptor of angular guitars. Yeah. Is that maybe what it is? And, but, <laughs> it might be, it might be, but I don't even know if it's angular. I don't, yeah. I don't fucking know it. And it's, and, but yeah. it's also like very different than the guitar he was playing with Waxwing. Like yeah. Waxwing is angular. Huh? This is just like, jazzy weird like weird jazzy shit yeah i Which, think I we have know. different definitions of of angular i don't have a definition <laughs> of angular because i don't really yeah i mean I don't, I don't really either <laughs> it's like it's it's like pornography you, it's hard to define but you know it when you hear it <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> to me it's like anything and and this is another weird descriptor that i can't tell you what exactly it means but it it sounds arty to me like mm-hmm. art art rock like there's some sort of through line between like them and like going back to like i'm gonna if anybody who knows music listens to this i'm gonna feel very embarrassed but like <laughs> i feel like there's a through line from like gang of four and like devo and this yeah I, and those I wanna, all those bands percent agree all those bands, uh, for some reason, I always think of of Artie and Angular. And there's a there's a Blood Brothers remix of a Gang of Four song. So you were right in oh, the there end. <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. That just clicked in my head today as I was taking notes on this. I'm like, this sounds like Idols, where Idols wants to sound like this. Yeah, and there's also, again, talking about like how I had never heard anything like this and I didn't know it existed elsewhere, but... When I got into Huggy Bear later, like I feel like uh-huh. there's they have some of that same kind of thing going on where they're definitely like hardcore, but it's like very intelligent and arty yeah. and a little bit sassy. And I mean, sassy is a funny word, but um, yeah, weird person stuff. That's what it all is. <laughs> weird, weird person, hardcore. Yeah. What is uh what is mysterious guy mysterious hardcore? guy is that what you mean? I, I listened to a more that's recent a, episode of 155 and they changed it to mysterious they oh that's good yeah mysterious they hardcore <laughs> i love it unless i misheard <laughs> but that's what i heard and i thought that was great so that's good good, that's good, good. job you canucks <laughs> i'm sure uh, they listen yes i'm sure they do so the the, the whole song is like weird and blippy bloppy and angular maybe jazzy maybe all over the place but then around two minutes it finally like straightens out and they play some chords and then the, all the hardcore 
hardcore guys that were there finally know what to do at that point. <laughs> they start sure. the circle pit. I really like this song. It was hard to put them in order, um, but this was one of the ones where I was like trying to choose between a few th- few songs, and this was like the last that I picked. And I was like, okay, we'll go number five on this one. What do you got for number four, sir? Do you want to live forever, baby? Kiss of the Octopus. Ooh, my number three. That intro just, it brings back so many memories of like driving around in my car, driving (laughs) to San Francisco, driving to LA. It's just, oh, I have so many like good memories of this album and this band. I'm I'm always a sucker for that kind of call and response thing. I mean, Blood Brothers is just built for that with two singers. And I like I like it when they do the thing where Jordan sings a couple lines Mm -hmm. and then Billy sings a couple lines like there's more of a I mean, oh, sorry, Jordan, (laughs) Billy and John cut that out. Uh, I mean, I know they trade off in every song, but I, sometimes it's a more of a structured trade off where yeah, yeah, it's cool. Um, I don't have a lot to say about this song other than it's awesome. And I really like have always really liked the lyrics to this mm-hmm. one. I mean, one, because it's so fun to like sing along to. But there's also just some like very classic Blood Brothers E yeah lines in this like (laughs) nail your crotch to the hive of pleasure um my i think my favorite line in this song is her newly immortalized face splattered across the sky like hot human cocaine whoa (laughs) i don't know if he actually says that in the song but it's in the it's in the lyrics and uh, that's definitely it it's conveyed yeah, hot human co- cocaine is a pretty yeah. good line. And yeah, this is the this is one of the tracks where I was like, "What? An octopus is like such a reoccurring thing in mm-hmm. this." I'm gonna say I'm I'm curious of what your take on it is. Maybe octopus. I think the octopus is the patriarchy. Might be capitalism. Oh. Um, I mean, they're kind of one and the same, obviously, but they are. Yeah. <laughs> The uh, baby, the octopus is is all of the above, and each arm is is a a thing. Oh yeah, uh-huh. a different uh-huh. a different arm of man. That's getting into some like conspiracy shit. <laughs> yeah, that's that's pretty cool. Uh, I would need to like really look at the lyrics to to kind of determine that, but I wouldn't be yeah. surprised. I mean, and that's a pretty. I don't know, easy take because sure. it's just an octopus is always a somewhat of an antagonist or negative yeah. Yeah. character in the song. So, you know, <laughs> just pick pick something that is awful and it could be the octopus. <laughs> sure, sure. <laughs> Let's see. I've got well, I've got some timestamps on this one. 30 seconds. The guitar is a mess. I'm 
kind of like what we were talking about on the last song where it's just like him sliding up and down the neck for a second and just Mm -hmm. doing weird weird shit kind of like reminiscent of botch in a way reminiscent of like at the dragon a little bit totally it's really fucking interesting to listen to i wish i would have been more well maybe i don't wish this but (laughs) uh, i'll say it now i i wish i was more of a guitar nerd back then (laughs) <laughs> to like yeah. really appreciate this stuff more, you know? Yeah. I was just like, this is cool, and they're screaming, and there's two vocalists. Oh, this is what I was going to ask you. Of all the bands that they inspired to have two two vocalists, um, A, are you familiar with any? And, and B, do you think anyone else did it as well? Um, I am not. I think number 12 looks like you is the only one that I got a little bit into mm-hmm. and I don't think they did it as well. I can't think of any other, um, I can only think of like, yeah, throw dance some Gavin names dance. out. Maybe, maybe <laughs> what's that? Dance, dance, Gavin dance. Yeah. Uh, see, yeah, no, I mean, I never gave them a fair shake, but I'm assuming mm-hmm. I do would not like them. Uh, I, I honestly can't think of any others. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean it's, you had more it's such a good it's such a good i don't want to say it's a gimmick but it's such a cool thing but it's like you really have to it's gotta work and they made it work really yeah. well because they have such distinct voices that are yeah um can be like discordant with each other but also sound good with each other and they're yeah both uh very singular kind of characters on stage yeah Um, i i think part of the thing that works is like yes their voices are distinct but also upon like first listen of this band you could easily just imagine it's one singer yeah not necessarily the back and forth like Mm -hmm. you could you could chalk that up to you know recording magic or something like that Mm -hmm. i i mean i remember trying to kind of like pick out who was singing which part for a while Mm -hmm. and i don't know maybe for me that's part of the thing that really works about this because like the little i know of number 12 and like the even less i know of dance gavin dance like there's one singer that sings and there's one singer that screams right uh in in dance gavin dance and I don't like that as much. I like that the two no. are are similar but different. It's almost like how Blink One Eighty Two are similar but different. The two vocalists there, right? Blood Brothers like are Alkaline like Blink One Eighty Two, right? One hundred percent. I mean, I love them both. <laughs> Let's so. see. Uh, uh, Jordan Billy is is Mark, and uh, Johnny Whitney is Tom. I mean, I think that's fair to say because people are so much harsher on both. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Tom and, and Johnny, um, and I think they're they're both the bands wouldn't be the bands they are without those members. <laughs> totally. Uh, I was gonna say something about the the vocals. I, I yeah, I think in the earlier records, especially, it's a little harder to tell mm-hmm. them apart, and then of course, like they get they focus they focus in more in on like yeah johnny's higher pitch um singing and 
and uh, Jordan's sort of lower. One thing, I think I have a note somewhere, and it's a reoccurring thing in this album and throughout their their albums, like, I love the sort of, like, Dracula voice that, that Jordan does, which doesn't really sound like <laughs> yeah, Dracula, yeah. but when he, when he like, <laughs> kind of, like, starts to sing and goes deep and yeah. has a little bit of vibrato and, yeah. Yes, yes. Uh, I, I, I really love his voice. Uh, it kind of brings everything together for me because everything is so high pitched vocal wise um, when they're screaming and, and when Johnny's doing his vocals. But Jordan kind of like rounds everything off and adds a nice uh, dynamic to the song. Yeah. Which I don't have a, a timestamp for that on this song, but I do want on, on at least one more. So. Yeah, me too. I don't remember what these other timestamps are that I have. So that one was the messy guitar. This one, my timestamp at 102 just says, fuck yeah. It's just the song kind of like final, almost like in the, in March on March on electric children, the song where all of a sudden it kind of, everything comes together. And I love that. It's just like one chord that, that Cody's playing for that entire time. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, it kind of turns into a really straightforward, straight ahead song for a couple bars there. Yeah. Yeah. What's your number four? My number four is the journey is just fucking insane, man. What a great drummer. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, fucking Mark. As I predicted, that's my number one, motherfucker. What? <laughs> what? Really? It's New York Slave, right? Yeah. Yeah. I'm surprised. I yeah. thought we were gonna have the same number one. I know. I I know what you're thinking now, which uh. is it's probably my number two is the same as your number one. But yeah, the song rules. Yeah, it fucking does. <laughs> Wild ass drumming at the beginning. Let's see. Fifty three seconds is uh, my note says it's me screaming in my car. <laughs> Let's hear it. Just a little count off there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. The count off is. This song is just so cool to me. Yeah, I don't. I only have one timestamp and it's at 144. So I don't know if you have anything to talk okay. about. Okay. I have one before that. that yeah. I will. Uh, let's talk about the chorus a little bit or, or listen to the chorus at least. Is that the chorus? I think so. Uh, yeah, I think you'd call that maybe the chorus, if anything is. Yeah, 
Yeah, I think they say that part again at some point <laughs> in a similar yeah. fashion. <laughs> one one thing I thought about is, and this is all of their lyrics now. It's like I know where they're coming from, but I their choice of words don't necessarily hold up in twenty twenty two. Um, sure, sure. It see it feels weird to throw around the word slave like that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah. Specifically, when I think they're, you know, again, who knows what they're actually saying? But to me, this this feels like a song about like being a uh, sort of like capitalist drone who's uh, mm-hmm. maybe like trying to be fashionable and and hip and and keep up with the cool kids or something. Um, I might think that because there's a movie called slaves of New York, uh, that Bernadette Peters is in, and that's kind of what it's about. Oh. And I'm, ass- I assume that it maybe is, has ties into that somehow. Um, yeah, I was looking at the lyrics. I mean, this song and so many other songs on this album just kind of seem like it's about, a girl or a person who is trying to work her way up in the ranks of either like society or some kind of scene Mm -hmm. or something. And all of the people along the way that take advantage of her. Yeah. Or them. Well, let's listen to uh, Jordan Billy's sultry tone, sultry Dracula tones. The priest's tongue slips out like a jack of every eye In the audience spinning like a drill The crew plucks a key from the rapture tree And opens a rib cage like a squeal and armoire I just love armoire <laughs> Yeah, I mean I'm that's not gonna, I'm not gonna be able to picture him like not in a Dracula costume or some <laughs> shit <laughs> Well, it's funny and this is something I would have fought against back then if somebody said this but that part which is like probably my favorite thing on this album is that that part Mm -hmm. i've always really really loved Mm -hmm. it and i love absolutely love the ending where it's just like i now pronounce you a new york like it's so fucking cool (laughs) sounding or whatever yeah but this part sounds like a Marilyn manson song sure sure it totally does the especially the, with like the whispering the whispering in the, in the right channel is just like 100 percent like marilyn manson and then the, the <laughs> deep gothy vocals yeah yeah and now like i think that that's if that was any kind of inspiration which i don't know if it was or not but like i think that's pretty cool but yeah at the time yeah. i'd be like no way but <laughs> i mean it's all kind of super dramatic and like dramatic in the sense of like a stage play or something, you know? Uh, uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. They're very, a very theatrical band for theatrical. Sure. That's the board I was looking for. I feel like I don't, if, if Amanda could get past the screaming, I, I feel like she would be into this band because she loves that theatricality shit. Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, it'd be interesting to, I mean, it would be bad, but it would be interesting to hear some sort of like <laughs> stripped down version of these songs that are more sung than scream uh-huh, uh, uh-huh. or something. I don't know. 
Um, because there are like melodies and stuff when you break them down in some, some parts of the songs. And I remember a few years ago, there was some, some band or whatever that did like this acoustic rendition of a converge song. It was, it was a choice. It was interesting. Did like a Jane they, Doe converge song. Did they, cause I, I feel like I've heard bands do that and they basically kind of like that get up kids, Colesque split where it's like, yeah, it's a Colesque song, but it doesn't, there's no similarity other than they're singing, singing the same lyrics. Right. Mm. Uh, it wasn't, I mean, that was so fucking good though. That split is amazing. Oh no, I know. I know. But I mean, like, I feel like it's a, people do cover hardcore songs, but they're really just using the lyrics and kind of like separating the song. Making their own. Yeah. They're making their own melody and stuff. Um, where I think that there is a way to do it where you are basing it a little bit more on the structure and phrasing of a hardcore song. I don't, I don't remember. Um, I listened once and was like, interesting. Yeah. Not as good as the Get Up Kids Coalesce split, which is <laughs> really, really great. <laughs> of course. Of course. You you played my one timestamp, which is obviously like oh, okay. that, that part is amazing. Yeah. It's so great. You're smiling like a crave. I now pronounce you a New York slave. Mainly that part you you kind of brought up before the <laughs> uh, now but now it's you a New York slave yeah with and it's the got echo it's got and, like the, yeah. the echo and stuff on it it sounds bringing back bringing it back to like surf and like mm-hmm. old horror like something that would be played that mm-hmm. one DJ guy would play before Trash Home Orgy or something sure yeah yeah it's it's like straight like, out of that little like cramps sounding maybe yeah cr- something cramps yeah yeah. It's funny, I listening to this and then for some reason the other day I started listening, revisiting this other band that I used to love. And I might try and do them for you if I can figure out a way to do oh, it. Okay. But that there's a, that band, Blaster the Rocket Man, who oh, is, yeah. is a Christian band. And, you know, that's sometimes hard to get around these days. They're mm-hmm. probably mm-hmm. not good people yeah <laughs> uh in every gotta, way gotta look them up <laughs> um yeah you know you don't know what's what side of the spectrum they they fall on but yeah. it's weird because they don't i would have never thought to compare these two bands but they both have a lot in common with incorporating like surf guitar and then like punk mm-hmm. and hardcore and they both do the kind of horror movie uh sounding vocals which i love and they're both like very like image you know, heavy as far as like they're creating an imagery with their lyrics. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, you, I, you had I, put a song of theirs on that tape a long time yeah, ago, right? The right, emo, right. Emo death mafia. Yeah. Cody made some good, uh, mix cassettes back in high school. Everybody <laughs> find, look them up on Discord. <laughs> <laughs> you put them on there. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't have them anymore. Oh, you don't? Sucks. I, have I don't think I do. Somewhere laying around. Um, yeah. I don't know how good it opens or holds up. Um, sure. It's an interesting sure. mix of like, I know I tried to do one side more like emo pop kind of stuff that I was into at the time. And the other side more like hardcore and spooky. Yeah. But, yeah. I don't know if any of the 
<laughs> the songs really flow together very well. Like I know like <laughs> Zayo was on there along with yeah, whatever. Um, yeah. Well, let's see. That was uh, my number four. And what's your number, Cody? What is your number three? Number three is Junkyard J versus the Skin Army Girls. Oh. Yeah, so this is the one that has the the stage directions yeah. in the lyrics, like scene Roll one. Film. But even in the lyric book, like there's line, like there he doesn't sing this, but it says scene one, enter Junkyard J, uh-huh. and, and it goes into the first verse and then scene two enter skin army girls and it's the next part um and this also has the a great um instance of i'll just keep calling it dracula voice even though that's really dumb but um the the end of this song again not a lot of time stance but well first uh 155 155 i'll have to tag them um Come on the pod, Sam. The, it's the end of a, it's towards the end of a, I keep saying verse and choruses, but I feel like they don't really have any, but the, yeah. the lyric, the theater wails like diseased violins, high-heeled castanet clicks rape harmony, which Whoa. is like on the same level as columnated ruins domino, <laughs> as far as like, <laughs> what the hell does that even mean? Although columnated ruins yeah. domino makes more sense. But anyways, uh. Not the point. He sings that part, but then at the end of that part, come they come in with, in the background, Youth Decays in 4-4 Time, and it's kind of, uh, uh, they repeat it a few times, but the spot that, that he comes in at is, like, the weirdest decision to me. Like, it's not, it's like, hmm. it's actually right when he says Rape Harmony, which maybe that's maybe that was the decision because that's an ugly word. And <laughs> mm-hmm. But yeah, play that part. It's really, it's really cool. It's okay. one of the things that I don't think I noticed um, back in the day. Yeah, he does come in like really at an odd spot. Yeah, it's that part is just so like pure chaos also. Yeah, it's funny just like starting it from that point because you're just like lost in the middle of <laughs> like it feels like you jump, <laughs> jumped in the middle of a of a I don't know, street brawl or something like what's yeah. going on? Um, yeah, it's it's such a chaotic part before that. And then uh, Jordan comes in with the four four time part or whatever he says Mm -hmm. and it just makes it even more like uh chaotic and weird and yeah it's like you you don't that's why i probably never noticed it before because it's just out of nowhere and buried a little bit and but yeah that's just such a cool that's also just a really cool lyric youth decays in four four time youth decays in yeah that's pretty sick 
<laughs> and then my next timestamp is shortly after that, and it's the okay. the deeper vocals, 217. Yeah. And there's also the part in this song. I think the title of the song is actually Junkyard J versus Skin Army Girls slash High Fives LA Hives. And there's that whole high fives, oh, LA hives. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is cool. I guess I should have timestamped that. It's a little bit earlier, but it's an interesting. Um, it's different than the rest of the song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm smart. But yeah, really cool song. Cool. A lot of cool lyrics. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it definitely like paints a picture or like creates a little bit of a scene of what's going on uh-huh. in a cool way. Scissor lips. Who do you think scissor lips is? Oh, um, Donald Trump. <laughs> <laughs> they, they, called knew. They, they called it. They called it. Yeah. Back in 03. <laughs> Yep. Or O2, I mean. All right. My number two. Siamese gun yeah not on my list but an awesome what song. Cody <laughs> the whole album's good man like it's very hard it to, to pick I know and how is. many songs are there like there's only nine yeah, yeah so it's it actually is very surprising where there's not like what are the chances there's not more overlap yeah yeah <laughs> well shit it's got a great intro with some cool drums again. Mm-hmm. I don't. Uh, 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 same thing with not really appreciating the the intricacy of the guitar. I don't. I don't think I ever appreciated the the drums as much as I do uh, nowadays. Because mm-hmm. he's fucking amazing, and his brother is too in Waxwing. Yeah, thirty three seconds. This is what I'm calling the chorus of Siamese Gun, and I. I don't know. I think it's a chorus. Yeah, that's a chorus. I I feel like that that fits right in with the next album too. Like this song could easily fit in on Huh. Uh, burn piano island interesting because i think it all it could it sounds a bit like an earlier album especially that intro with the with the clicking um sounds uh-huh. like something from you know one of their earlier seven inches or something but i i see what you're uh-huh, it, okay. it, i can see it either way um, it's yeah great. when it gets into that like very pop sounding chorus 
that's what makes me think of Burn Piano. Yeah. Uh, because they, they really leaned into that kind of stuff on that album. Totally. Um, that 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 is like the, a line that is good. It's like that thing where it's like, it's, it's great, but it also signifies what's to come that I like less, you know, mm-hmm. does that make sense? <laughs> um, I think so. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I like it all, but like, and also it's, it's kind of that, that is a line that I can picture one of the many like copycat kind of bands like yeah, kiss, kiss, bang, bang, or what is it? Kiss, kiss. Yeah. You, click, click, bang, you think, bang, kiss the Siamese gun. Do you um, think the movie is inspired by this? Um, no, but it might be inspired by the movie. I'm trying to think of which came out first, which came first. I think that movie rules. Actually, I haven't seen it in a long time, but I think it's actually better than most people remember. Like, I think it has had a bit of a (laughs) renaissance or whatever. Um, (laughs) An action action movie. Huh? Okay. Maybe it's probably based on this song. It I mean, I, I do think, yeah, I do remember a part where there's a death leather towel that mops up blood and saliva in that movie. <laughs> and then, uh, and then they, um, then they drain the piano Island of the pineapple milk at the end. <laughs> they do. They do. I, I don't know if I've ever seen that movie, but I'm going to, I'm going to take a guess here that Johnny Whitney is Val Kilmer and, uh, Jordan Billy is Robert Downey Jr. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, yeah. I think you're right. <laughs> what what else do I have for this song? You said you don't have it? I don't have it. I don't have it. I, I did pull up the lyrics because I do know that I. this is one of the most ridiculous and awesome Blood Brothers yeah. songs. The, yeah. <laughs> the DA fingers the jury like the snail fucks the shell. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, I've already mentioned a few or referenced them <laughs> in the movie Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, in yeah, which, yes. um, yeah, this song rules. Well, uh, let's listen to the heavy part of the song. so sick and it's just two two chords or notes or whatever yeah the whole time awesome that definitely has like a botch feel to me yeah um yeah yeah that part is really cool (laughs) it definitely leans into their hardcore influence or whatever yeah at that part uh that's a, a mosh heavy part right there yeah and this is the other song with the with the fake ending and forth vocals are so rad how it's yeah. like it's almost like how like uh early rap stuff or like beastie boys would do yeah. the the line and then the last word everyone would say it's almost <laughs> like that except the last couple words is the other singer yeah <laughs> the guitar is so wild at that part too like when it comes back in and it's just like it is kind of surfy yeah, uh, it has that. Like, it has that 
sort of spooky surfy sounding organ drone yeah. right before. Yeah. I never, I, yeah, I definitely never realized how surfy they were, which is interesting. Interesting. Cause I'm not really a, I don't know. I don't consider myself much of a surf fan. Yeah. I think it's, yeah, I don't like sit down and listen to it, but it's, it's in like so many rad things that you yeah. don't really realize at, at first. Well, shit. That's my number two. What's your number two, Cody? My number two is I'm going to go out on a limb and say it's your number one. the waterfront after the social yeah how is this not your number one i'm so surprised i love new york slave it it's a good song it wasn't even it was like all right we're gonna rank them new york slaves number one what's number two oh yeah (laughs) definitely meet me at the waterfront like they're both amazing songs and i could it's not like they're meet me at the waterfront is that much worse but for me new york slave is the clear winner the clear winner right yeah meet me at the waterfront was my clear winner i was like yeah this is obviously my favorite song on this album yeah because i love it and i love that it uh references that movie or it is a reference to that movie mm-hmm. sleepaway sleepaway camp right yeah yeah which i was today okay. i was trying to remember if i had seen that movie before i heard this song or if i heard the song mm. before i saw the movie i think i saw the movie first but didn't quite remember. And then when, you know, seeing the title, I was like, meet me at the water. That sounds so familiar, but it took me a while to put, uh-huh. put them together. Cause the song itself is not an obvious reference to that movie. Although you can definitely yeah. interpret some of the like lost innocence themes in both. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure I, I saw the movie after maybe once you figured it out. Yeah. Like, I think I watched this. I had to, show it to you which i mean (laughs) that movie like still is really good also very problematic but it's one of the it's a movie that i feel like the gay community has sort of like reclaimed as as their own a lot a lot of people have um which is awesome because it's you know there's a lot of camp involved (laughs) both both in it takes place (laughs) at a summer camp and the (laughs) so much camp involved. so much camp uh, yeah it's a cool it's have cool. you seen any of the other ones isn't there like three or four of them yeah they're not as they're not as good um they're yeah. kind of lose the the magic after you see sure. that, end, that ending of that one yeah um <laughs> uh do you have any time stamps my first one is at uh 40. Hey, my first one is at 40 seconds also. Yeah. Yeah, that part rules. The guitar is, is almost like... 
out of tune or or some I don't know the guitar sounds really weird and wrong but mm-hmm. also fucking rad at the same time. Yeah. And it it's just one of those like like the more mellow weird blood brothers parts. Yeah. The the thing that I mean the whole song is good that whole part is good the the my first time stamp I really like went cuz he's saying a, a carney sold me two roses but then uh Jordan comes in with that yeah like and it's just yeah. like I don't really know it's so cool but it's almost just like I can't wait to sing I'm going to say yeah <laughs> like <laughs> Yeah, and then what? <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, it's really cool. It's a good yeah. yeah. <laughs> I used to love these lyrics, and maybe this that's another reason why it's a number two, not a number one. Some of them aren't as cool to me anymore, and I don't think I can really back that up in any, any way because <laughs> all of their lyrics uh, are pretty ridiculous. But... Um, Hmm. Huh. I don't. Uh, yeah. You don't like Carney's selling roses anymore. No, I don't like hissed sugar foam. I do like. Well, that's gonna sound awful, but the <laughs> the open those thighs, show me the urchin inside line is pretty good. Oh um, yeah, yeah. Although I think that's one of the lines where that's what it says in the the booklet, but that's not that's not exactly mm-hmm. what comes out of his mouth. Yeah. Yeah. Um, same with, uh, your gown gangrene, gangrene down your hips. There's, <laughs> I feel like when you listen to that part, I wish I had a timestamp for it, but he, it's like, he's reading that word for the same time there for the, sorry. When he sings, <laughs> when he, when he sings that part, it's like, he's reading that word for the first time. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> well, fine. <laughs> you don't have to like the lyrics anymore. No, they're good. They're good. It's just not my I not my fave. I think maybe now I just want it to be more about sleepaway camp or something. I don't know. Sure, it's, sure. It's, yeah, it's dumb. I don't know what amphetamine truth is. I don't either. I don't know. I feel like there's too many. There's too many. Uh, too many adjectives. Too many adjectives. Yeah. Where it feels like they just were like that word sounds cool. Yeah. Yeah. But. It, Again, I don't it's know, very but, possible. Yeah. My next and final timestamp is at 144. Just another classic Blood Brothers breakdown part. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's not really a breakdown, but a. In you the know, where things song, get a little quieter. In the lyrics, that those lines are in quotes, so I've always kind of wondered if it's taken from something, but I've never been able to uh, yeah. figure it out. Just because there's a lot of songs where it feels like there are specific lines that are spoken by a character that aren't in uh-huh. quotes, so then I read too deeply when there are <laughs> oh, quotes. Oh, sure, sure, sure. Which, I mean, by the way, I should have, maybe I should have said this up top. One of the things, one of the reasons I love this band as much as I do is like my favorite thing ever is like reading way too deeply into yeah, like me- meaning and metaphor and 
all that kind of stuff. And I've, this band is just like made to do that with, cause it's so, yeah. um, there's so many big words and illusions. Yeah. And Everything is so over the top and strange. Cryptic. Yeah. Yeah. Cryptic. Yeah, totally. Uh, do you have any other timestamps for this one, Cody? Nope. <laughs> no. Sorry. Nope. It was just, um, uh, yeah. Well, shit. You tried to convince me not to make us put them in order because you knew <laughs> you went and changed your number one. <laughs> from, <laughs> you hacked into my phone so you could look at my notes. Uh-huh, uh-huh. You son of a bitch. I didn't think to listen to the other albums. That's that's kind of a bummer. I, I, I'm going to do that tomorrow. I'm going to listen to Blood Brothers all fucking day. Yeah, um, they're just... They're cool. It's they're not something I revisit very often. It's not. Yeah. It's hard for me, even though I like it, and for both nostalgic reasons and because I think it actually holds up really well and maybe yeah. doc- documents that both that time in my life and this kind of music in general at the time in a really interesting way. But uh-huh. it's just too. Uh, too too trebly for me (laughs) yeah yeah it is it is a bit trebly it's a bit uh abrasive to listen to so yeah yeah i mean they are not the only band who has fallen by the wayside because i just can't hang anymore (laughs) it says way (laughs) more about me than about the bands because i yeah i do still like them it's just uh, my ears once you grow up and you have a job and you spend a lot of time doing stuff you don't want to do you don't feel like punishing yourself (laughs) in the same way you do at work all day yeah if they if they uh got back together would you go see them again no uh probably not it it would really have to depend it would have to be in a way where they were playing somewhere really small, some someplace really mm-hmm. small. And I knew there wouldn't be a lot of people there. It would have to top, you know, the times we saw them before. It would have to feel more yeah. intimate and more That's DIY and, and underground. And I know that won't happen. I mean, yeah, I've talked about my stance on seeing reunions before and, <laughs> you have, you have. and i just if it's not i want to remember it the way it, it was and not a you know see yeah um, there's there's certain bands i would i would probably check out but i don't think it's it's especially well i'm getting off on a tangent here but especially a band <laughs> that i didn't didn't see in their heyday i don't want to the first and only time i see them to be when they've like reunited and are like sure sure 30 years past when you know what what they were doing was like yeah and like i feel like blood brothers getting back together at this point is is not going to be the same yeah i mean was. and they they did it right they did it in 2014 they played a few yeah, shows. Yeah, they got back together for a couple shows or something. I yeah, watched right a little, little bit of video. They played at FYF Fest. You yeah. watched some? A little bit, yeah. And it was a lot like they used to be, but just some of the magic was gone. I mean, mm-hmm. 
I'm getting older and I don't mean this in any kind of ageist. I mean, this is an ageist thing to say, but I don't it's not coming from a place of ageism, but it's like some stuff is for the young. Some stuff is like, yeah, it's it's great to see when like younger people are doing it. And then when you get old and try and do it and try and keep up with it, it's just like, doesn't yeah work in the same way and if if they wanted to like express themselves and get back together and like record a new album or something i would be way more interested in that yeah to hear hear what they have to say yeah 20 years later or whatever have you Um, have you listened to any of the the bands that are bringing back the sass uh core revival sass core (laughs) uh like who there's a band called Seas Bass Cowboy that uh-huh. has that kind of sass core stuff. I mean, that sounds um, like my shit. I was based uh, on the name. Oh shit! There was another one, and I was thinking about them earlier. And I knew I should have written them down. It's not Save Face. Oh, uh, Save Ferris. Save Ferris. Save Ferris. That's who it is. They do a really uh, sassy cover of Come On Eileen. <laughs> but anyway, there's there's like a few a few bands that are uh, interesting, kind of doing that uh, sassy. I'd, I'd like to hear it. I have my doubts of how much I would like it because it's such a it's tied in so heavily to me for me yeah. with this band that anything yeah. that is also doing it is going to maybe just sound like they're trying to, I mean, but that's, I guess what any yeah. music is, but um, yeah. It, depend, it really depends on, on what, how they present it or whatever. Mm-hmm. Maybe I'll listen to them tomorrow too. Cause it's been quite a while since I've heard a couple songs, but see you space cowboy is the one and it's all like bunched together. So it looks cool. like the cowboy cowboy bebop thing. Oh right, right, right. Yeah. But anyway, Neat. anything else you want to say about our blood brother boys? Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't think so. It's just it yeah. was fun to revisit the stuff. It's yeah. all fond memories. It's weird that it was compacted into a relatively short amount of time. And it really there's, was. There's so much. I mean, looking at the shows we went to, it's like we saw them, what, four times in 2003? Yeah. And twice in 2004, twice in 2005, and then 2006 once. And by the time 2006 rolled around, it felt like I had been listening to them forever. And it was like a yeah, weird, yeah, yeah. like, well, I got to go to this show because it's the Blood Brothers, but I kind of don't want to. <laughs> um Yeah. And that show was weird anyways, because it was at the library, which used to be Bojangles, mm-hmm. which used to be the Cattle Club. And that was, yeah, I yeah, think, yeah. the only show I went to there. Um, it was a fun show, though. I remember getting really into getting really into it and dancing a lot and stuff. It was fun. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. It was um, it was cool. It was a good it was a good last event. time to see them. Yeah, I agree. Although I do think I do kind of remember I mean, this is my own shitty attitude, but just being like, ah, this band is like too yeah. big now. And there's people yeah. here that are younger than me, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if that was the thing, but um, yeah. also 
uh, Trail of Dead will play that show too. So it was probably like just a ton of people that were really into that band. That I yeah. It was like, no, everyone's here to see Blood Brothers, not the headliner. Yeah. Uh, there's footage of that on, on uh, YouTube. Of the Blood Brothers? Of Blood Brothers at Library, yeah. Nice. I will have to check yeah. that out and relive the memory. Relive the, the magic with the blown out <laughs> music. Yeah. <laughs> 2006 quality mm-hmm. thanks for uh doing this with me cody yeah um, no such problem a la- kind of short notice yeah no this was this was fun it was fun thinking about this stuff it was like a, yeah felt a little bit like we were reconnecting with the old times yeah totally actually <laughs> like thinking about all these shows too yeah like, yeah it's fucking it's crazy how many shows it's, we used to go yeah to i went to, to so many shows in a period of like seven years and then i stopped going to anything anything but my friends bands pretty much it feels like yeah well hey thanks for listening everybody to this uh kind of just all over blood brothers and we kind of talked about that one album a little bit but we just kind of talked about blood brothers for a while we should Um, do it next year for burn piano island burn i feel like yeah yeah Totally. I would love to do that. Let's keep this podcast going for another year, folks. <laughs> Sorry, I totally stepped on your outro. <laughs> no, it's okay. It's okay. Uh, say bye, Cody. Bye, Cody. Bye, Cody. <laughs>